blind didn't have a van. We didn't really want the van, but we needed the van, and it was a great price because the van didn't have a transmission that worked in it. And so Nikki's uncle, who was the current owner of the Goodyear store in Apple Valley that he had bought from Nikki's grandfather, said, hey, if you buy the transmission, you guys can have the van. So then we move up here, and Nikki calls me one day, and she's having Nikki camp, and she says, I'm at Grandview, and I can't back up. And she's in a downhill parking spot. So I go over there, and I help push the van out of the way. I was younger and stronger then, so that wasn't a problem. But the problem was now, what do we do? Because this van cannot go in reverse. Except it's not a problem when you work here, where you have a giant parking lot, and you have a pull-through driveway. So I proceeded to say, I will drive the van. You can drive Goldie. So I drove the van that didn't have reverse for two years <laughs> until the door fell off and the window broke. And then I figured it was probably time for this van that we never wanted but served a purpose to go away. You kind of take reverse for granted. It's like the starter in your car, but that's a different story from the 1986 Ford Escort that was the first vehicle I ever owned that I traded my brother my PlayStation 2 for. Again, different story for a different time. <laughs> Speaking of going in reverse, I want us to start in uh, verse 21 of what we consider chapter 3, and, and I wanted to point this out. I, I do choose to read from my own Bible because I just like to, but we're going to start on page 973 in the Blue Bible, if you have a Blue Bible or whatever page your Bible has Galatians 21.3 on. Not chapter 21, verse 21 of chapter 3. Paul's writing to the Galatians, and he says this, Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian for in Christ Jesus, we are all children of God through faith. For as many were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. I mean that the heir, as long as they are a child, is no different from a slave, though the child is the owner of everything. But the child is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father or her father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son and a daughter. And if a son and a daughter, then an heir through God. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak 
and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. So again, Paul is writing to the Galatians who have come to faith in Christ through Paul's teaching and preaching, and now they're being led astray by those who are trying to convince them that they need to become Jews and to become followers of the law. And so he wants to remind them of who they are and whose they are in Christ. They have been lured away by another gospel, and people want to convince them that their freedom in Christ comes by what they do, not by who or whose they are. And as John talked about last week, talking about this idea of elementary principles, Paul furthers this conversation as he moves forward in this letter by talking about where they used to be. He says, formally, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. And he continues to use this word of slavery or imprisonment. And he has used it in the past in this letter, and he's going to use it in the future, and talking about this contrast between freedom and slavery. Freedom is Christ. Freedom is being in Christ. Freedom is acknowledging who we are in Christ. And slavery is being found under the law or in the ways of the world. And so he continues to paint this very interesting picture of what is it, Galatians, that you desire? Do you desire to be free, or do you desire to go back and be enslaved to the things of the law or the things of this world? The way things, that used, the way things are that they used to be. That did not make any sense. Going back to the way things used to be. So back in the day, we used to live on Cherokee Trail, and it was interesting because in the springtime, it was about 0.8 miles long road, give or take, <laughs> to get to our place that we were renting. And in the springtime, there would be these massive ruts that would develop. And so every time I went to leave, it was like, a tri it was like okay, today, I'm not going to go into the ruts. I'm going to create a new pathway. And Goldie would be plowing through the snow and the muck, and then all of a sudden she would fall into the ruts, and I was like, no! Really, I just hammer on the gas because I didn't want to get stuck. You ever feel that way in your own way of thinking? Paul talks about this, about them going back again to these weak and worthless elementary principles of the world. I certainly have found myself getting stuck in my old ways of thinking. And I know I've talked about the ultimate journey before, and part of that is trying to understand old patterns of thinking. And I've been working with my therapist on freeing myself from old patterns of thinking. And it's so interesting how easy we go back into old ways of thinking that are not helpful. And Paul is writing to the Galatians and saying, this is a human problem. 
This human problem of believing in this nostalgic way of thinking about things used to be better or the way I used to do things used to be even better. I mean, we look in the Old Testament about how the Israelites were in in the wilderness and they're saying, oh, if we were back in Egypt. And you just want to say, remember in Egypt, you were slaves. Would it be better if you would go back to Egypt? And Paul uses that same thread to the Galatians And he says, would it be better if you were back in the enslavement of your old ways of thinking? And on Thursday, I had forgotten this appointment, ironically, with my therapist. And as soon as I realized it, I immediately was transported back into some very old patterns of thinking. Typically, it goes something like this. Oh, you are such an idiot. How in the world could you forget this? And then I just was standing there looking at my phone, and I just took a deep breath, and I said, no. 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 Because that is how I used to think of myself, and that's not helpful. And I took a deep breath and I said, Eric, you have made a mistake. We all make mistakes. And then I moved on. And isn't it interesting that we find ourselves being entrapped into old ways of thinking and old patterns of doing things? You ever find yourself there? And how quickly we we can find ourselves being entrapped and enslaved to old ways of thinking and old patterns of behavior. And Paul is writing to the Galatian church and saying, my dear children, we don't have to live this way anymore. We don't have to live in the enslavement of the old system. We can be free. We are free in Christ. When we are in Christ, we have been liberated from our old way of thinking. And yet the old way of thinking is like the ruts down Cherokee Trail that are just so there. (laughs) And it takes time and time and time. I don't know if you ever find yourself doing things, as John talked about, like these sins that we find ourselves entrapped in are not typically new. (laughs) It's not like, oh, gee, I found a new way to sin today. (laughs) No, it's old ways of doing things that we find ourselves reverting back to. And that's what's happening here in the Galatian church. Paul is saying, you don't have to go back. Because what you're going back to is something less than God. And it's interesting because John Stott, in his commentary on this, he is talking about how Paul is making this very bold statement. And he is saying that going to the law or going into Judaism for a Gentile is equivalent to going into hedonism. I mean, that is a bold statement. For Paul, this like supreme Jew, to say to these people, because Christ has changed the complete dynamic of this world, to go back to Judaism is to go back to worshiping something that is not God. 
And what would it be the case if we looked at some of our old ways and old patterns of thinking in that same way? Because Paul wants the people that are now following Christ. He says, but this big adversative, this big change, but now this this contrast between what their life used to be to what their life is now. In our last book for a reading group, which we meet tomorrow night to talk about the four loves of C.S. Lewis, Eugene Peterson talks about the importance of not of growth, uh, not of change, but of growth. And that's what, he, that's what Paul is giving, this imagery of, of growth, this big difference of, but now you are no longer the way you used to be. Now you are different. You are different because you have come to know God or rather to be known by God. How is it that you could go back to living as a slave to these old ways of thinking? So it was a few years ago, uh, and Nikki was riding around for work with this arborist, uh, and they'd ridden around together for most of the day, checking on some trees. That's what arborists do. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, and, And he says at the end of the day, he says, Do you, by chance, know Eric Holst? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, yes, I do. That happens to be my husband. And he says, well, we, Eric and I grew up together. If someone asked you, do you know Eric Holst, what would you say? Would you say that, that you know that I love pop culture references and Taylor Swift? Still mostly sad. (laughs) Mostly sad. That's okay. Would you say, I know that he cries too often and too regularly about the most random things, whether it be a song, a Marvel movie, thinking about his daughter going to college? Would you say that you know I have a hard time buying new things? Unless it's food. <laughs> Would you say that I desperately know that I desperately need a pedicure and have invested more in my teeth than in any vehicle that I've ever owned? <laughs> Would you say that you know that I have a mole on my face that no one knows when it came about, not even my own mother? She asked me a few years ago, when did you get that on your face? I don't know. I've had it for like, you know, 30 years. (laughs) What does it mean to know someone? What does it mean to be known by someone else? How do you get to know somebody? Because all those things that I listed and some of the things that I didn't list because I didn't think I could actually say them out loud are just facts. They're not really who I am. Well, maybe the part about not wanting to spend money on cars or things other than food. But how do we get to know somebody? 
And how do we let people get to know us? Because that gets challenging. Because we so often spend this time creating and curating who we want people to think we are. And so people get to know an idea of who we are or a projection of who we are, but they don't actually get to know who we are because we don't want anyone to get that close to us. Because we believe, especially in this environment, if somebody gets too close and knows us too well, what might they think about us? And so when we hear these words of Paul, and we hear him say to the Galatians first, not that you have come to know, but now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God. For some of us, it creates myriad of emotions. Because Paul is directly using this, this phrase and this word that is not a cognitive knowledge. This is the most deeply personal, intimate use of the word to know in the Greek language. When Matthew writes his gospel and he says, Joseph knew his wife not, same word. Now you're like, oh, what? Oh. I was telling my friend this yesterday and he's like, okay, that's weird. Okay, I didn't write the Bible. <laughs> I didn't write the Bible. But Paul wants to communicate that God knows these people. He knows the people that are his sons and daughters in this intimate way. And for some of us, that becomes very challenging because for us to be known by God can be scary, it can be terrifying. If somebody knows something about us that is so deeply intimate and personal, we feel like, I don't know how I can continue in this relationship. And yet, that is exactly the relationship that Paul is talking about. He is saying that God knows you, knows us so well, and loves us all the more. That to be known by God is to be loved by God and is to be in an intimate, intimate relationship with God. And because we are in that intimate relationship, we have been freed from our old patterns and systems of thinking so that we can live fully into Christ. Live into the freedom that is only offered through Jesus Christ. Think about your best friends. I've got some of my best friends, they were up, for Maddie's grad party, and, and when I'm with them, it is incredible. They, they know almost everything about me. There's nothing to hide because they already know it. And you have freedom just to be yourself. It's not, oh, there's Pastor Eric. No, it's just, that's Eric. Well, to them, I'm Cliff, but that's a different story different story. 
Paul is talking about how God knows those people who are his children. And because of that knowledge, we don't have to turn back to the worthless ways of doing life. He is writing to the Galatians who have been lured away or on the verge of being lured away by a system of thinking that is so worldly. And he's saying, you don't have to go back. You don't have to live in the past. You can live in the freedom and the knowledge of God and that God knows you and he loves you and he wants to grant you this freedom to live and exist in this world That's the good news. Paul says at the beginning of this letter, somebody is trying to teach you another gospel. Here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. God knows you. He loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. And he wants to free you from your past. That is the gospel. That is the good news. Okay, so... I was trying to watch last night the secret songs. You know, Taylor has two secret songs every night. Some of you are like, no, I didn't know that. Now you know that. Okay. Next weekend, you can tune in TikTok Live and watch the secret songs, 1030 every Friday and Saturday night. She pulls out the guitar and the crowd is so loud, you can't even hear anything. And it's just for a song that she's already sang. You've already heard this song. (laughs) And people can't contain themselves. And I know every time I preach, you're like, okay, we're, we're, we can't be freed from our bondage of our cultural heritage. Yes, we can. That is Jesus Christ to free us from our past. Exactly. When we hear the good news that we are free in Christ, God knows us so intimately that we are free and he loves us. That is good news. That is the best news, and we can live into that. And we don't have to go back. We don't have to be trapped in our past. How good would that be to not repeat the same mistakes that we have made so many times? To be free of this mindset of who we used to be or who we've told ourselves or who other people have told us. That is not the truth. I cannot tell you how many times I have told myself that I am an idiot. I cannot count because it is the most frequent thing that I tell myself. And Paul is saying, You're free. You are free from that. Don't let yourself be stuck in the past, your old ways of thinking, your old patterns of doing things, the things of this world. Be free. God knows you. He loves you. And he has given you freedom. And that is the good news. And don't let anyone else tell us that there's something different. And I know I've used this analogy before, but You know, we used to go to the arcade all the time in Sioux Falls, and we'd go with 20 bucks when 20 bucks was actually something that was significant. (laughs) And then my dad got a pinball machine that was unlocked. You could do things with the pinball machine. If you tilt it, who cares? 
You're not going to lose your quarter. You're just going to play again. That is Christ. We are free in Christ to live and to experience who he is. And we don't have to go back. And Paul says, brothers and sisters, I love you so much. I am afraid that you are, are on the verge of walking away. And that's why he keeps writing this letter to say that we don't have to walk away. I wish my life was like my old van. No reverse. No backing up. Only forward. That is the image that Paul is trying to tell the Galatians. Don't go back. Only go forward in the freedom of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today as we continue to walk through this letter that you have given us through the hand of Paul. The reality of the desire that you have to love us and to free us. We do not have to be trapped in the enslavement of this world and the enslavement of our previous ways of doing life. God, you give us freedom you know us. You know us so intimately, and you love us all the more. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us see that. Help us see the truth and the reality of that. That as we have this tendency to go back, you would help us. Free us. Allow us to live in the newness and the freedom that comes only through your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.